This episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart. You're listening to Keep Screaming, a horror podcast from two best friends dissecting horror movies one by one. My name is Ryan Larson. And my name is B-Bass. Every two weeks, we will bring you a brand new episode where we dissect a slasher film from top to bottom. We will look at the movie as a whole, going over the story, the casting, music choices, go kill by kill, and then rank it on how it succeeds as a slasher film. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at ScreamingCast or by searching Keep Screaming. You can find me at B not B, that's B-E-E, not B-E-A, and Ryan at Ryan Larson. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Castbox, or online at podpeople.me or keepscreaming.com. This week we are dissecting 2005's Santa Slay, directed by David Steinman. But first our pop culture check-in. For new listeners, our pop culture check-in is a chance for you to get to know what we've been watching, reading, and consuming outside of our movie this week, as well as life updates. Uh, Merry Christmas. Merry belated Christmas to yes. all of you. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, And ho. early Happy New Year. Yeah. Yeah. This is our in-between episode. But we are still doing a Christmas movie. Because I'm sure you guys watch Christmas movies over the last few weeks. Yeah. And after Christmas, I'm sure you watch Christmas movies. We did this week. Uh, uh, yeah, like first time ever for me. Yeah, for real. Um, and we're, we'll do something... I think we, I mean, we'll do a, a top of, like, best of the year or something. It's the end of the decade, too. Dun, so, dun, dun. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, if you follow me on Twitter, at um, Ryan Larson, I've been posting a lot of my lists. So you can find those there. It's a lot of pressure. Yeah. A best a of the of decade? Work. Yeah. I don't um, know. I did it for horror and movies in general, which was painstaking. Um, the horror actually was easier than the movies because there's like a couple standouts, like standouts. It follows with my number one. Also, there's like a million movies that came out. Yeah. In the last ten years. Yeah, but it follows the Evil Dead. Or my one and two. Spoilers. I saw that. Yeah, I love those movies. They're fantastic. And so. then Black Hood's Daughter. Yes. Yeah. Which Praise. I know. Which a lot of people still a lot of people are like, what is that movie? Like I had friends reaching. Watch out. it. I know. I think it's on Netflix. Is it? I, I don't know. That movie is fucking amazing. Yeah. Yeah, Donato. Deserves all the hype it got. Even put it on your fucking top 100 list. Uh, <laughs> Somebody's salty. Yeah. Um, yeah, but Merry Christmas to all you guys. Hope it was a good holiday. Stay safe during New Year's. I know it's always kind of crazy. I'm going up to Seattle to visit my brother with my family. Um, and B is going to have her first New Year's with Liam. Are you going to keep him up till midnight? No. Yeah. I'm no. Good. <laughs> like, I, there's Absolutely no not. Yeah, okay, that's what I figured. I do not want my next day to be hell. One, I don't think he could. I mean, I could. He couldn't. I could go wake him up and right. be like, "Hey, it's midnight," and then put him back to sleep. <laughs> but no, he will be fast asleep. We we are not for sure, but we think we are going to go to my like aunt in laws, my husband's aunt. Um, it's also her birthday on New Year's Day, so she's like a New Year's baby. So. She always does something at her house. She has a couple kids, so cool. we might just go out to her house and spend the night and have a nice, like, chill New Year's. Last year was, like, pretty chill for us. I mean, I was pregnant, but we're not, like, big New Year's Eve people. Um, 
like we're lucky to make it to midnight. It's just not like a big holiday for me or my husband. Like we, I like the new year. I like the fresh start. I make resolutions every year. I find it refreshing, but the actual day itself is not really anything too special. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm ready yeah. to get this year, this year over behind me. Yeah. Yeah, this year's weird. It's like the best year of my life ever because I had my son. But it was also just a really weird year with like a lot of change for me. So, yeah. And Ryan, you know, we all know he had a year. Yeah. And now it, just like P said, I mean, there's parts of the year that are amazing because I have Liam and Cohen in my life now, which is fantastic. But other big changes. It's been a back and forth. It's been a roller coaster. Um, so I saw Cats. <laughs> oh, we, I see, Ryan and I haven't seen each other in a while. Yeah. I don't know about any of this. This is going to be news to me too. Yeah. I saw Cats. Uh, uh, new Cats or Patch Cats? It was patched, I found out. I thought it was um, the old one, but it Mm -hmm. wasn't. Because here's what I found out. They keep Judy Dench's human hands in the patched version of Cats Mm. for some reason. With wedding ring and all. Don't know what... They decided not to edit that out. What they did edit out, I found out later, is someone in plain clothes that's Mm. just like on set. And then Mm -hmm. also one of the dancers at one point, they didn't animate her suit. So she just looks like a blob. Um... But that was edited. That was changed. Um, no, I saw it because... So I got gift cards at work. I had, I had some um, customers who gave me gift cards. And a friend of um, ours, Jeremy, was like, Dude, I have to see Cats because everyone's talking about what a disaster it is. Like, do you want to go? And I was like, yeah, I kind of do. And I had those gift cards. So I was like, well, it's not my money. So I went and saw Cats. And um, it's very odd because I think it shouldn't exist. Like, the fact that it exists is mind-boggling it's it's crazy to think that all these people worked on this movie and like a a director directed this movie and all these actors were in it and then they watched it and they thought this is appropriate to put out for like ready yeah yeah it just just seems so unready and i I, i've been reading all this stuff about tom hooper the director who did like les mis so he has like credo with you know like musicals Mm -hmm. even though les mis is not like really a musical but like he did Les Mis, and he did The King's Speech, you know, Oscar winner. Uh-huh. He, like, refused to use mocap. Right. Which, which is one of the reasons everything looks so fucking weird, because, like, you can tell the animators are doing their best to make everything line up, but it just doesn't always match. So there are numerous parts where, like, faces move in the first days, or it's, like, seconds behind, and it creates this really weird, like, uncanny valley, but, like really poorly animated uncanny valley it's just super bizarre and off-putting the whole movie i was just like also it's just a nonsense movie it which there... but that was always going to be the case right because the, the actual... plot is everyone who's into theater knows that the plot of cats is nonsense there's no plot really yeah. it's supposed to be about the dance and song numbers and like the state of sort of euphoria right which i can get behind like i i enjoy musicals and i don't always need my musicals to have like some actual like follow-through plot it's a musical i understand that but like it's just so it's i think everyone needs to see it i think no one should ever pay money for it that's how i put it like everyone needs to see it because the fact that it exists is insane in 2019 yeah with with, like the people that exist in it and i don't just mean like oh james corden taylor swift like those are sure those are like modern pop icons but like ian mckellen and judy ditch and then um Jennifer Hudson. Oh, and Jennifer Hudson. No, like all of them, like, I'm, it's the fact, Ian McKellen being in this movie is one of the, oh, Idris Elba? No, it's super fucking weird. You got it. like, everyone needs to see it. Do we know why he refused mocap? 
Which, for anybody who doesn't know, it's motion capture. It's when you have an animated movie that you're basing off of real people. There's these dots that you can put in, like, suits that they can wear so that you can, the animators can more easily match their facial expressions um, and know, like, okay, that's where the cheek is instead of them literally having to find it themselves. Right, and it's been, mocap has been the standard for, God, like, two decades now. For animation yeah and so i i have no idea and like not only so i'm not like super up to snuff on my filmmaking but like i was reading a review from i think it was either brock wilbur or drew dyche on twitter i can't remember which one but like they wrote something about how once they researched the movie for some weird reason it wasn't just mocap like he didn't do a bunch of like editing stuff like, he didn't use what something called, like, a backtracker or something like that. Oh, where it's a metronome? Yeah. So yeah. there was a ton of weird decisions he made that made it really hard for anyone in post to do anything. Yeah, the editors used the metronome to keep with timing. Yes. Yeah. So he, he didn't use that either. So, but... like, numerous things he did, like, weird decisions he made that made it only... So, like, I actually, like, don't blame the animators at all or post. I really blame... The director's, the director's choices. choices. And I don't know if it's because he just didn't give a shit because, like, how this do is producers a let weird... that happen? Dude, I don't know how this movie happened. Like, and it's, I mean, it's a flop, like a huge catastrophic flop. Yeah, an article posted on Variety um, at 11 o'clock this morning said it looks like it's going to lose about $71 million. Yeah. And, and, like, it will become a cult classic because it's so weird. Like I, I already can tell you, it's going oh, to become yeah. a cult classic. But and and I th- and that's the thing is like I keep telling people they need to see it, but I also keep telling people I'm like, but don't pay for it because like it's a it is a waste of money. But like you should see it because it's one of those things. So how do you suggest they see it? Like wait, pirate it? No, wait until someone rents it or buys it. Like you can mass consume it, or if you have like a gift card, like oh, if someone gave mm-hmm. you a gift card, don't spend your own money on it. So like, like don't pirate it. Either. Yeah, don't pirate it. No, 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 no. Like again like you know people obviously put hard work into it and like they need to they should be rewarded for that but if you're gonna watch it even to yeah. make fun of it yeah exactly and like i don't even like need to make fun of it like it's not even that it's just like it's one of those it's things just that fascinating. it's anomaly yeah, yeah. It's, like it's kind of like serenity yeah like how much talent that movie had and like the and, and like what that ended up being so it's like so confusing yeah it's like exists. it's crazy that it exists so definitely check it out on the opposite side of the spectrum i also saw uncut gems um the yeah i treated myself the day after christmas and i went and saw that finally the adam sandler movie by the softy brothers and they did um good times with robert pattinson two years ago which was one of my favorite movies of of the decade and uncut gems is amazing um, it is tense and in like it's gonna give you anxiety, and it it will rack your nerves. But Adam Sandler is, I mean, anyone who has ever doubted his acting abilities will surely shut up after they've seen this movie. It's insane what he does, and like not just him, the entire staff and the or the entire cast, and the cast is mostly unknowns. Like Adam Sandler and Lakeith Stanfield are like the really big ones. Well, um, isn't the Idina lead Menzel's actress Idina Menzel? Yeah, but she's barely in the movie. Oh, like she, she's, she's heavy in the trailer. She's his wife, and but he also has a mistress, and so I mean she's in the movie, but and like when she's on screen, she's demand like she demands your attention. I just she's thought it was crazy good. when I saw the trailer and saw she was in it. I'm like, 
okay, she's in this movie, which is, like, getting all this Oscar buzz, and then she's also in fucking Frozen 2 right now. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I love Idina Menzel. She's in Enchanted, which is a very underrated, underrated yeah. Disney princess movie, like, my favorite next to Tangled. Um, I love her. No, she's having a really good winter, for sure. Um, but this movie is just, I mean, Kevin Garnett, the basketball player, is randomly in it. It's super good in it. Um, I can't say too much about, like, spoiling it. Yeah, and also sh- I don't want to know. Just, like... Just know that the performances are incredible and that it, it like, from the second this movie starts, you're on edge and that they somehow ride that all the way to the last frame. It's, these guys who are directing it, um, both the movies I've seen by them now are incredible. And just, um, this is, A24 announced today it's going to be their highest grossing movie. It's doing incredibly well. Um, but yeah, Josh and... Um, I believe Benny is the brother. Josh and Benny Safdie um, are doing it. Uh, yeah, excellent, excellent. I highly suggest going to see it. Um, is it like mass release? Yeah, it, it did do, I think, well, no, yeah, it's not limited. They did a mass release day after Christmas. It's still like, you know, one screen per theater, but like, yeah. Um, yeah, it's doing it's doing really well, and like even better. I know Lighthouse did really well for them and Hereditary and stuff, but they're saying this is probably going to be one of their biggest box office. And I think it's because Sandler. I was gonna say Adam Sandler's in it. Well, and what's funny, I read an article. A bunch of families went and saw it because they thought it was an Adam Sandler Christmas movie. Like without researching it, they were just like, "Oh, Adam Sandler Christmas movie," and it's like hard R. Uh, <laughs> so that's fun. And, I mean, not that I really give a shit about the Oscars anymore. Like, I'm so back and forth on how much I actually care about the Oscars, but I really think he's going to get nominated and maybe even win, which would be kind of cool for Adam Sandler to have an Oscar. Um, The other thing, I did Binge You Season 2, which dropped on Netflix. Um, The show called You. Yeah. If you are unfamiliar, Penn Badgley plays a sociopath, uh, murderer, serial killer, and he's very charis- It's very Dexter-esque. Mm-hmm. It is. It's like Lifetime's version of Dexter. Yeah, because he is not a vigilante, but he kind of tricks himself into thinking uh-huh. that he's doing just things, or like he only kills people who deserve it, For but he does a lot of self-justification. Um and it's very, it's also very steamy this season, especially there's a couple episodes stretched there where it was like super steamy. Um, and um, I mean, he's a good looking guy, so. Um, Had a crush on him since John Tucker must die. Oh yeah, forgot about that movie. Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, I mean, it picks up right where the last season left off. If you didn't see the last season, I'm not gonna spoil anything because you should watch it. Um, it is enjoyable if you're into that kind of like melodrama, like over the top. Um, like teen-esque i mean they're like early 20s i guess early well that's what they're playing he's okay i'm like yeah yeah Uh, definitely not in their early 20s and this season all takes place in la and just like how it was like a hyperbole of the new york lit scene like literary scene in season one this one is hardcore about the la film scene Mm -hmm. um and it's pretty funny like the satire of it um, and like just how drastically over the top it is, but I actually ended up liking the season more than the first season, and I I enjoyed the first season too. So it's fun. It's easy to binge because it's fast paced and it keeps like every episode ha- ends with a cliffhanger. So you know, like it kind of keeps you drawn in, and I think the characters are actually more like interesting this season too. So that's what I did. Yeah. You watched a bunch of space shit. Bunch of space shit. I watched two space shit things. No, so happy 20th anniversary to Galaxy Quest. It came out on Christmas Day, 1999. Yep, great movie. Uh, great movie. movie. So we watched that. Amazing cast. Um, 
R.I.P. Alan Rickman. <sighs> yeah. How many things with Alan Rickman did I watch this month? That and Die Hard for, and any of the Harry Potters. I didn't watch any. Well, okay. I, yeah, yeah, I did kind of watch. So three things, and every single time it still hurts hurts my soul. I know. That one hurts. Um, but Galaxy Quest is fucking amazing. Oh, yeah. It's so, and I was happy to, like, look up and see that it was financially successful. It was oh, well-received yeah. at the time. Like, because 99, I was, like, fucking seven. So I had no sense Wasn't for, to yeah, to office. box up. Yeah. I had no sense of, like, what the climate for films was at the time. So it's always nice to go back. Um, that whole cast. I the mean, whole Kim cast. Allen, Sigourney Weaver, Alan Rickman, um. Rain Wilson randomly pops up. Yeah, um, Enrico uh, Colantino from Veronica Mars yep, is Justin like the Long. main alien dude. Yeah, yeah Justin um, Long as like a baby. Sam Rock, uh, Sam Rockwell. Yeah, Sam Rockwell it. as Guy. So I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just an incredible cast. It's super funny and it's a perfect like satire on Star Trek um, and Trekkies while not being like a. F- offensive yeah it's not putting them down it's not putting them down it's just sort of like hyperbolizing their culture Mm -hmm. and that situation and it's just so funny and charming and so enjoyable so of course as soon as it was over to like the eye rolling of my husband i was like can i put on star trek and he's like oh i guess and he only groans and complains because i probably watched that movie like at least a dozen times a year and he's seen it way more than he ever cares to. So, anywho, then I watched 2009's Star Trek by J.J. Abrams instead of watching the new Star Wars movie by J.J. Abrams because I do not care. That movie's amazing, and um, that's another movie with just an incredible cast. It's so incredible. Oh God, R.I.P. Yelkin, dude. R.I.P. Yelkin, R.I.P. Nimoy. Like, mm-hmm. man, it's just. It's so, everything just fits so well together in that movie. And that movie, like, turned me into, like, a Star Trek fan. And I am forever sad that it doesn't, like, Paramount does not treat the franchise and give it the attention that, say, you know, Disney treats Star Wars with. Yeah. Um, Because... I mean, especially the people who are involved in these movies. They're so good. The last one, Star Trek Beyond, was hilarious and so in line with the trend of like the space movies right now, like Guardians and Ragnarok, and Mm -hmm. fits so perfectly. Yet, and I mean, it did well, but it didn't do super well. And so, like, the newest sequel's been on hold, but. Apparently, a n- new one did finally get confirmed with the original cast. Right, and the Tarantino one got axed. It did officially yeah. get axed, mm-hmm. so good. I don't need to see that. I mean, it'd be fine, but did, I'd much... did Justin Lin do the third, uh, the third one, right? I think he did. Yeah. Beyond? Did. Yeah. yeah. And I really like him. He's really good, too. He did... Yeah, he's done True Detective. Oh, he did the he, second season? Yeah, I love the second season of True yeah, Detective. Yeah, and he also did the Fast and the Furious movies 3 through 6, and he's doing 9 and 10. So he's, yeah. he's like, really good at action comedy for yeah. sure. So, I don't know. There's my, like, stand on... In 2009, so that is a 20-year-old movie and a 10-year-old movie I can just go on about. I watched The Hustle, which came out this year, The Rebel Wilson and Hathaway. It was fine. <laughs> it had, I, I didn't know... It's a... it's. It's dirty, rotten scoundrels, but like um, gender reversed. 
It had um, some funny gags and some funny moments, but there was, like, barely a plot. And what plot there was, there were so many, like, tricks and, like, gags going on that I just... And it wasn't interesting enough to really keep you going. Um, but there were some funny moments. I enjoy both those actors. Um, it was fine. I mean, I... Yeah, it was okay. I will not watch it again. I love Anne Hathaway. I love I'll probably watch it just because of her. Yeah, and she's great. They give her a lot. She has like 5,000 different accents in it, and they give her a lot to do. Going back to Cats, just so you know, Rebel Wilson in Cats is the most disturbing thing I've ever seen in my fucking life. Because is it her normal physical comedy? Yes. Yeah. But also like... In a cat suit. Super sexual. Oh. Like, really well, sexual. Well, that's her. No, that is her. But in the cat suit, it is so unsettling. Did you find yourself attracted to a cat? No. I, I read a tweet <laughs> and it's like, the cat will find you. I was, like, dying. Um, I didn't think any of that. It's so, so hard to take anything seriously because they're so weird looking. Idris Elba would have been the closest. Well, yeah. But then he takes his coat off and he's in the full fursuit and it's just so, I'm like, what does their like business look like? Nothing. It's It's just just like Barbies. Barbies, yeah. Hmm. I know. Jason Derulo came out and was like, I'm really mad they like didn't give us, you know, blah, blah, blah. And everyone's like, wait, is Jason Derulo in it too? Yeah. Oh dude, he's hella hot. Yeah. And he posted like that. I guess he had, like, a, a very suggestive picture lately, and everyone's uh-huh. like, he's been riding that high for a while now, so. Yeah, he's feeling so good about himself. Yeah, he is, and he's like, they should have kept, like, they should have edited those in. Maybe cats yeah. would have done better if Jason Derulo's yeah. penis was in it, but cat-fied. Yeah, he was like, him and Taylor Swift's songs were the best, but they were still nonsense. Like, just nonsense. Not I heard the no new sense. songs are good. I don't know what the new ones are compared to the old ones. Oh. I've never seen them. Anyway. Well, I've never seen cats, yeah, but I've either. listened to cats. I'm familiar with cats. I hate the word jellicle. That's all I know. <laughs> um, and then I started the TV show that hit on Netflix called Soundtrack from the people who did Smash. And oh, that's who's doing it. Yes. Okay. And it is a kind of a musical, but instead of breaking out into song, they break out into lip syncing. So it is popular songs actually being sung by their original artists. So if it's a Sia song, Sia singing it. If it's a Jason Derulo song, it's Jason Derulo singing and they're lip syncing. Weird. And it's music from a bunch of different genres and they do like this character and they'll get one song this character they'll get one song and then they'll do a mashup at the end where mm. both characters are singing a song um and it relates to the plot of the film i will hmm, will i say that <laughs> hmm i think it's okay it is set up in a very this is us way oh no yeah make you cry like, no, it? it's oh, not. Okay. It's in the way they are it's devising a pl- the plot. Oh, okay. okay. There's a lot of back and forth in gotcha. time okay. that is very similar to This Is Us. And it's funny because there's actually a plot point in the show about how she basically... So I'm curious if this is related to the whole This Is Us storyline. There's a plot point in it about one of the characters um, creating a story 
and she's been working on it for years and years and years and she finally gets it in front of somebody and they're like this is really good except for the fact that it's about to come out as a story and it's very very similar so even if you've already made it people are going to say that you copied it and so I got to thinking I'm like I wonder if this was in development for a long time and then This Is Us came out and that's why it's like a meta commentary yeah I'd be curious to see how long this has been in development um I, I really like it. It's too, it's a drama, but it's it it doesn't push you in the same way that like This Is Us does to make you cry. It definitely you know makes you feel empathetic for all of these characters. There's like no it like is Christina Milian like the biggest name in it? Um, I, I saw the guy from it. Glee. Which one? Um, I forget his name in Glee. Um. And what's her face? Channing Tatum's. Oh, Jenna Dewan. Yeah, Jenna yeah. Dewan. Um, and then God, what is his name from Glee? Paul Paul James. Who Who is this guy in? Oh, he's not in Glee. He's in or Greek. Greek. That's oh, what I he meant. Oh, he's Calvin in Greek. Yeah, I love Calvin. Him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And he like glowed up. He's hella hot in the show. I really like him. Cool. Yes. Okay. Um, and I don't know the main girl. Um, her name is Callie Hernandez. I'm not. Oh. Oh, she's. Oh, she was in La La Land. She's one of the roommates. Yeah, Tracy. Yeah. Okay. And then she's Upworth and Alien Covenant. Wow, very. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, she was in Under the Silver Lake. She's Lisa in 2016's Blair Witch. Okay. She's and she's in the. She's got a lot of horror cred. Yeah. Like a lot. She's from in Dust from Dust Till Dawn. Dawn series, which is funny because I've watched like all of these, but I do not. I mean, and she's not endless. memorable. Yeah, and Under the Silver Lake. Okay. Yeah. So. Okay. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's random. And I'll have to check it out. yeah, I don't know. It's it's the cast are all people you recognize. Right. Um, oh, Madeline Stowe. I like yeah, it. Madeline oh, yeah. Stowe's in it. Um, so you'd recognize everybody in yeah. it. So far, I'm almost done. So far, I really like it. Um, it's just something really simple. I really enjoy when they break out into song. In fact, like five or six episodes in, I feel like they're kind of forgetting they're supposed to do that. And I'm like, no, 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 get back because those are like really powerful storytelling devices. Um, so if you like musicals, if it doesn't bug you when people break out into song um, and it's not going to bug you that it's lip syncing and they're not actually their own voices i i think it's definitely worth watching i really enjoy it yeah I'll, especially like this time of year yeah i'll probably watch it because i'm on a musical kick and in the apocalypse if you guys haven't seen it it's spectacular and it's got me vibing on nice. musicals right now so the movie we are covering is from 2005 it is called santa's sleigh um the synopsis is santa claus is actually a demon who lost a bet with an angel so he becomes the giver of toys and happiness but when the bet is off he returns to his evil ways uh it was released december 20th 2005 in canada uh bod yeah and oh straight to dvd yeah yeah like um it has no i couldn't find a budget for it there was no box office intake at all like this was I mean, the one bummer thing about this movie, I'll say, the guy who directed it is the only reason this movie got made is because he's friends with Brett Ratner. And Brett Ratner sucks. But, um, like, that's... Did Brett Ratner produce? He's on it as a producer. Yeah. Yeah. Like, who knows how much he he actually produced. he probably funded it. Yeah, he probably funded it. I would guess. And Brett Ratner sucks. But, um, but yeah, like, so, it was super... I mean, it was... (laughs) It, uh... It's a weird movie. It is a weird movie. It's a weird little movie. But I definitely think, like, yeah, it's definitely low budget, but I like what it does with the budget. Mm-hmm. Um, you can tell that people just had a lot of fun with it. And yeah. it's definitely one of those things that 
I was noticing, so they have into, like, the bump, the bunker, there's, like, a vault. And it's something you never, I never thought of, like, when I was younger. And, like, I pay attention a lot more now and, and just because I care about film in general. But when they're opening the door, it makes the sound like it's compressed. Oh, yeah. And, like, it's actually a legit vault door that's holding, like, air completely. Um, and so it makes that sort of, like... Yeah, that release of air noise, which when you look at the door, you're like, oh, that's probably made of like cardboard and spray painted Um, and not legit. But just having that sound effect there like gives you the illusion that it's real. And I don't know. It's funny. I just noticed a lot of things like kind of like clever techniques. Not that that's anything revolutionary. But when I was younger, I used to always think like, wow, like. How did they how'd they do that? How'd they figure it out? And I just appreciated there was a lot of like low budget things about this, but they still took the time to like, Right. It it's super low budget, but finesse it, it. Yes. It doesn't feel like these kind of like throwaway sci fi movies that they do now yeah. that are just like schlock for the sake of schlock. Like this actually does like even though that the budget doesn't exist, you can tell it's super low budget, but they do they do a lot of tricks that make it. You, he he cared about what he was putting on yeah. the on the screen, like and you know we'll get into it. But like there's a whole thing where they tell a story in animation, which I thought was really mm-hmm. smart to do that, um, because it yeah, allows I had them notes to about that too. yeah um, that allows them to like exceed their budget and still tell the story, and it's also a throwback to like old Christmas. Mm-hmm. So um, Rotten Tomatoes has a 44, percent which is really high out of all the movies we've covered. It's actually a lot higher than um, I'd say like half of them. So high. Yeah. Um, Randall Col- uh, Colburn from AV Club gave it a positive review, said it's si- simultaneously vulgar and wholesome, stupid, satirical, violent, and lighthearted. Yeah. Um, John Condit from Dread Central was critical, awarded at 1.5 out of 5. He said the film writing and direction is sloppy and amateurish, which is true. Um, and he uh, criticizes the abrupt ending, which is also true. But I think those things are, again, like B said, like they're very aware of those things. Right, I did definitely watching it. This I rewound like the final scene again to make because I thought I had missed something. Yeah, and then I was like, "Oh no, that's just how it's ending." He yeah. like drives away on a zamboni. Yeah, on a zamboni. Yeah, and then, and gets then blown up or supposedly gets blown up with a rocket launcher. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just the he doesn't get blown no, up. Just the his. Does, yeah. Just the mayor and the his heldier or whatever they call it. Ox. Yeah. Flying reindeer? No. They, what they, they do have a name oh, that they call it a hell deer. It's a reindeer, but it's a bison, kind of. It's, it's not a deer. No, it's not a deer. Yeah. It's an or nor a reindeer, which are real. Right. It's No, it looks like a, an ox or a bison or something of the sort. Yeah. Um, this what is, are those things that are extinct that are like? Buffalo? The buff- American buffalo? Buffaloes aren't extinct. Are the they? American buffalo is. But buffaloes in general are not extinct. No. I don't know. Yaks? No, they're still alive. Too. No. There's something. I know what like, you're talking about. Yeah. From, from like prehistoric times yeah. that looks like an uh-huh. ox. Yeah. No, but that, what are those? Um, I don't know. So I'm going to Google prehistoric ox right now. Aurochs? Nope. Nope. Not this thing, huh? Oh my God. What the hell is that? I'm sorry for anybody who's listening Wild to Wild super us. cows? <laughs> yeah. And going like, oh my god, it's this, you guys are so dumb. Do I have to look up prehistoric mammals and like go... Isn't a it mammoth? in a... No. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. A woolly mammoth. It kind of looks like a mammoth. Yeah. Or, like a, or even like a woolly rhinoceros. A woolly rhinoceros. Yeah. Uh, this is a black hole I need to go down later. Or a giant ground sloth. 
Dude, okay, prehistoric animals are dope. Yeah, they're weird. This is the better of the posters that I could find. None of them are great. Um, this because looks it was like a, a straight to DVD, you know. Well, this is the Canadian one. Was, oh, is it? Look, look at the ratings. So that's Canada. Is that Canada? Uh-huh. Why do you know that? Because um, I have some Canadian discs. Aren't you fancy? But that's, yeah, that's Yeah, I will, cover. yeah. So the American DVD cover is the same image where but it's... it looks worse. Yeah, it's Goldberg, they, like, they photoshopped and edited. Yeah. And he's holding an icicle... This one is just glistening with, like, uh, a star, where in the Canadian version, there's blood on it. <laughs> um, and Santa's sleigh is, yeah, in a green and white gradient and outlined in red, which both of those things are, like, typography no-nos. You and never use a gradient, and awful. you never outline your text. It's bad. Yeah. Um, and I love that the Canadian and American one have different taglines. So the American one is, he's making a list, pray you're not on it. And the Canadian one is Violent Night, Gory Night. The American one's better. Yes. Because Violent Night, something night would have worked if it rhymed with Silent Night, whatever. But it starts good because it's like, oh, Silent, silent Violent. Yeah, but Gory doesn't rhyme with Holy. So it's bad. And I don't like it. Um, but the I like the image on the Canadian one better because I don't do weird Photoshop to his eyes. <laughs> yeah, he just have like red eyes. Yeah, and high contrast. It looks very two thousand five. Yes, it looks like somebody who was like, yeah, I took Photoshop in you know high school. But this is something I would have done in two thousand five. <laughs> and been like, whoa, look at this sick cover. Uh, no sequels. Teases one, but no sequels. Bummer. Um, directed by David Simon. This is his only director's credit. Um, you know, like we just said, he was friends with Brett Ratner, and he wrote this movie too. So, like, I think he just kind of had a passion project. Um, he was a PA randomly though on Inspector Gadget and What Lies Beneath. Did I watch Inspector Gadget? Like the Matthew Broderick on him. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's really bad. It's horrible, and I don't like What Lies Beneath either. But that movie made a an absurd amount of money for what is essentially like a weird ghost erotic thriller um with harrison ford and michelle pfeiffer well into their like the like when they were past their you know like hollywood peak or whatever um i'm not ageist i'm just saying like it was you can still be sexual they were they were hot they i'm just saying like they're it was it's surprising to you that it was a blockbuster because they weren't in there oh no 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 that's not what's surprising me what's surprising me is that it's a blockbuster movie that made a ton of money and it is a super slow sexual thriller yeah ghost erotica yeah that's the weird part it's Mm. like you watch it and it's something that you'd be like yeah this is fine like this probably made like 10 million dollars no isn't the top 10 grossing for that year it's fucking weird it's like really weird um great poster iconic very iconic and that one scene you know the very famous transition scene um the score was by henning loner who also has done a lot of um kind of lower tier um genre stuff so he did a blood rain hellraiser debtor and the ring 2 so other films filmed in canada yes i mean i mean and this score is all just christmas themed it's carol of the bells in a variety of ways yep score wise yeah and then christmas songs yeah so um nothing to write home about it's appropriate for the movie it's fine yeah it's very home alone-esque you know that kind of like Christmas adventure music. Christmas adventure, my favorite subgenre. Yeah. 
Um, so Douglas Smith is Nicholas Yule's son. Who's uh, a genre boy. Super genre boy. Screen boy, for yeah. sure. Uh, Ouija, antiviral, I thought it was fun. Or Bye Bye Man, he's in Big Little Lies, but I thought it was funny. He's in Stage Fright, which is another yeah. movie we've covered for the show. And a Canadian movie. Yes. So he must be Canadian. I think most of these guys are. I'm sure. Yeah. Except for Emile DeRaven. Right. So she is uh, Mary McKenzie. They just call her Mac. She was in Brick. She also did a lot of TV. Roswell. She was in Lost as Claire. And then Belle as once, uh, uh-huh. in Once Upon a Time. And when, as soon as she popped up, I was like, I know I know her. I oh, you didn't recognize her know. immediately? Oh. She was so young. Like, so she looks so different. Not so different. Like, she's the same, but, like, she's just so young that it was weird to me. For something about her super I immediately recognize her like Jeffrey. I know exactly I, and I've also just seen her in a ton of right. stuff her eyes are very like I think noticeable like so she's Australian I think she has some sort of accent I'll look that up while Ryan continues um Santa Claus or Satan as or they, how does he say at the airport oh yeah uh uh Satan, right? Yeah. Or Shaton? Sh- like Sha think, noise. Yeah, I think it's Shaton. Um, yes, she is Australian. Yes. Oh, okay. Good job. Thanks. Proud of myself. It's played by Bill Goldberg, and if you don't know, Bill Goldberg is a professional wrestler. What's um, his wrestling name? Goldberg. Oh, yeah. boring. Yeah. He played for the Atlanta Falcons, by the way. He was a linebacker for the Atlanta Falcons before he became a wrestler. Um, he was notorious in the Monday Night Wars, WCW versus WWF, because he had a very made-up winning streak. Um, like, they just made up how many times, uh, like, an undefeated Who streak. made it up? The announcers. They oh. just, like, they just, like, he... he I'm like, it's, all, it's made up. Yeah, and they do things, so wrestling does these things called, that are called house shows because there's two televised events every week for wrestling, but they travel because they go to all the major cities, so every they work every night of the year, almost. Um, so they do what are called house shows. They're untelevised, where the storyline doesn't progress. It's just like wrestling. And so they would just like, th- they knew that people knew house shows existed, so they would just make up his record. So by the end of it, it's like, yeah, Goldberg's like 412 and zero. And it's like, no, that's ridiculous. Like, it, like, But they just made up some huge, crazy, long, undefeated streak. And then he recently came back and beat Brock Lesnar like two years ago. Um... But yeah, Bill Goldberg, this is like the height of, actually it's tail end, tail end of, it's at the, it was after he had left, um, but he was still very well known for I feel like this was, and for me at least, was in the era where like WWE had like gone down and like wasn't popular anymore. Yeah, it was because I mean, oh five, I was a junior and I remember like none of my friends watched it or talked about it. No, the only wrestler I knew about Around this time was um, the Rock probably no or Stone Cold no that's all earlier um, mm. John Cena oh yeah Cena um, Cena yeah. was the only wrestler yeah. that I knew after that whole phase of the Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin because I was never into wrestling but it was super big in the nineties yeah um, and super popular and everybody watched it and had like freaking playing cards and there was toys everywhere and then I feel like it disappeared and so when I watched this movie I watched it like rented it in high school and so it was a few years after it came out like probably 07 I, let's say 07 08 I watched it I was like had no idea it was a wrestler no idea whatsoever and when I got the cover like I think even when I went to return it I noticed I've stamped all over it WWE yeah. wrestler 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 and I was like oh 
that's still like wrestling still exists. Yeah, like, I had no this idea. was definitely after because even the cover says former WWE, so he was after done. He, yeah, yeah. Um, but he's. I mean, like they they use that. Like he does a bunch of wrestling shit in this, and like oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he was still very in shape. He's still incredibly in shape, actually. Um, the whole um, <sighs> what I was about to say was not um, politically correct. The strip club scene, oh, yeah, 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 that felt very wrestling. Oh, to me. that whole that was the scene to me too. That I was like, this is all that's wrestling. all wrestling yeah, moves. This is all wrestling stuff. Um, Robert Culp plays the grandpa. Um, he is mostly he's an older... He's the angel. Yeah, he's an angel. He's the angel who makes the deal yeah. to make him into Santa Claus. Um, he's mostly a television star. He, I mean, he has since passed. Um, but he started roles in I Spy, Trackdown. Um, he was in Everybody Loves Raymond as a reoccurring character. Um, so he did a lot of, like, t- just, like, older TV work. Um, and then, uh, Dave Thomas is Pastor Timmons, Saul Rubinek as Mr. Green, who are, like, kind of consequential characters and then the whole opening scene is like a cameo scene which is very it's very weird but the whole opening scene has james con fran drescher chris Catan, rebecca gayhart and then alicia and annie sorrell who at the time were very popular they are twins um and they did like lots of roles as twins twins, um and they were like a they were a 90s early 2000s thing um but they were all this whole scene is what kicks off the movie. Like, they're all killed at a Christmas dinner. Um, so that's... They all had, like, cameos in the film. Best part of the movie. It is the best it's part of so the movie. It's so good. Yeah. Um, it is a horror comedy for sure. Yeah. And, and it, it... Yeah, it knows that. Yeah. Which... It makes a huge difference. Like, when you start a film, and I think that's why the opener to this movie is so good, mm-hmm. because it instantly is telling you this is, this is what you're in for. Yes. Like, you're in for something over the top, super ludicrous and insane and just fun and yeah no part of this is us like and i mean the storyline is genuinely like sweet and has a very nice like christmas traditional christmas storyline but it doesn't like hinder itself on making that integral to what happens in the movie no it's really about just having this like how insane would it be if we had this huge wrestler just kill a fucking bunch of people on christmas as santa claus yeah as santa all right let's do like and this is before krampus was big Mm -hmm. and so no what i really enjoy about it is it's not a guy dressed as santa it's like no santa is no it's actual santa like yeah yeah, santa is a a demon who like so the the whole plot of this movie it's quick. Yeah, is so Santa Claus is actually a demon, and what happened is a thousand years ago he made a deal with an angel, like they were competing, and what is that game called? They, they were playing. They were curling. Curling. Yeah. yeah, and so the deal was, and because he was like, he was. I mean, he was evil. So the angel made a deal: if he could beat him at curling, he would have to change his ways, and for the next thousand years, actually bring like good tidings and presents to children and bring joy to the universe. And the angel beats him, and so he is condemned to doing this for a thousand years. And this is on the day of the thousand years is up. And so he's, like, going on a crazy murder spree because he's finally out of his deal and his bargain. And he's out to basically find the angel who condemned him and, like, you know, get his revenge. Which is where we get our slasher. Yeah. um, Because, you know, this is our killer is stalking yeah the angel's family right and so based on something that happened a thousand years ago yeah um 
there's no iconic weapon. There's lots of like Christmas imagery weapons. He uses like a candy cane at one point. Um, he uses an icicle. He uses a menorah. He uses a fucking menorah. Yeah. Um, there's lots of Jewish jokes in this, like a lot. Goldberg is Jewish, obviously. Like that's a very Jewish name. Like, uh-huh. and so I did read something that said like almost the entire cast was actually Jewish, so they were all like in on it. Like, it, it's not a poke at. I never got that feeling. I, I mean, I'm not Jewish, yeah, but I never no, I got that so. feeling like, I, when I yeah. watched it that it was meant to be, like, malicious. No, 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 no. I didn't think so either. I like, got, if anything, I could, like, tell that it felt like there was people behind it who were sort of poking fun about how Christians treat Jewish people yes. around the holidays. Yes, I got Around that Christmas. Mm-hmm. Like, because there's a whole joke with, like, the crotchety old lady who's like, it's Christmas, safe fuck you say merry christmas yeah she's like don't give me that politically correct bullshit yeah and, and um yeah so no i i didn't either but there is like a lot of jewish like jokes in it and stuff yeah but then i yeah i read this article where they like there's something actually, in this bakery that's not kosher Yeah, that's not kosher and then he says like oh he got his festival lights punched out um there are 39 deaths in this movie i don't know if we'll ever top this uh no i can't imagine that we will um, so the whole opening scene is one, two, three, four, four deaths. No, it's gotta be more than that. Yeah. I guess technically. One, two. Oh, Chris Kattan doesn't technically die is one of the reasons he's not listed because mm-hmm. he's just thrown into the thing. Um, but basically the whole opening scene is showing a family that is like just not super nice. Um, James Caan is like the head of the family. Fran Drescher is like the matriarch of the family. And she's, like, hitting on Chris Kattan's character, who is, like, also really creepily hitting on Rebecca Gayhart's character. And they're, like, touching each other under the table. And Goldberg just shows up, well, or Santa just shows up, bursts through the chimney, like, literally bursts out of the chimney, rolls across the table, stabs two knives into James Conn's hands, and then just proceeds to, like, murder everyone at the dinner. Throws Dude. the cat into the ceiling fan. Yeah, lights Fran Drescher on fire. And then drowns her in eggnog, which yeah. I thought was fucking hilarious. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, one of the twins gets a tree topper to the back. Um, you know, James Conn is eventually murdered. He, he like, fills him up with turkey, essentially, and then, like, shoves his face down into the table. And, like, like B said, this is the start of a, the movie to a hundred percent let you know what you're getting yourself into like it's letting you know what the tone of this movie is from the get-go like this is not taking itself seriously this is over the top this is here's these like comedic actor well james Conn's a serious actor but like we've got this like plethora of well-known people that you're going to recognize yeah um and we're just gonna kill them off in like ludicrous ways yeah and so and like it's very raunchy which Mm -hmm. most of the movie is this is not a pc movie by any means either like it it wouldn't pass the woke test nowadays, you no, know, no, but no. like you can't go back to 05 and do that. But no, like I mean, they definitely say the R word and, and the F word. And I was like, yeah. Ugh, uh, but yeah. both times I was like, oh, man. Yeah. I, I mean, they say each one once. And I was like, at least I didn't get like repeat offenses from it. But it still was like, ooh. Um, and that kicks off the main plot, if you yeah. want to call it that, which is basically um, Nicholas and Mary work in a Jewish deli. And it's the day before Christmas, and Nicholas has a crush on Mary, um, and his grandpa's crazy. Like, this is all the information you're just, like, force-fed really quickly. And the reason his grandpa's crazy is because he has this whole setup in his basement. Like, his grandpa finally reveals to him, like, where his paranoia stems from. He has this whole, like, setup in his basement where he's been tracking Santa Claus for years. And he reveals to him that they are actually part of a lineage of people to, that is, like, 
they're protecting people from Santa because he's actually a demon. And, um, you know, now they need to be careful because this is the thousand-year mark. And, like, this is where you find out, um, like, essentially the whole, like, lore of it, which is all told through 3D animation that's made to look like stop-motion claymation, like the old Rudolph or Jack, yeah. um, like, uh, Frosty specials. And that's, I actually really thought, like, that was clever and fun. Yeah, and do you know who else does it is Krampus. Yeah. So yeah. it's the same storytelling device that they use in Krampus. I mean, and I'm sure for very similar reasons. Two, budget. Mm-hmm. Two. One, budget. Because, you know, going back in time with these, like, mythical creatures and blah, 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 whole big extravagant set pieces would be expensive. And two, just exactly what you said this like throwback to like traditional christmas movies that were in this like clay animation yeah um no and i think like i think it's fun i i like genuinely do like i like that scene in the movie Mm -hmm. i think it's it's cool that's a clever story so that's like that's just what i noticed is that they were like clever with the budget and like their constraints and didn't just say well fuck it we don't have the money to do that so like you know let's just do something else. Right. And that's or why like, I do like, something that looks bad. Yeah. And that's why I like that Steinman wrote and directed because you can tell this was, it, it's not something, it's not a cash grab. It's not like an easy, like, that it could, there's a lot of things they could have done to just be cheap and like yeah. easy. And it would have had like roughly the same effect because like the movie is really just about its over the top ridiculousness. But like he, like, since he wrote it, I can tell like he actually was like, no, I want to like make a good movie. Yeah. Like make an enjoyable movie with right. what what we're doing like i understand it's ridiculous and i understand it's silly but like i still want it to be enjoyable no that makes a huge difference there's a lot of like over the top ridiculous movies and i can't do it i can't watch it i just cringe the whole time and i'm like this is not and you don't get that feeling from right it could have felt like a spoof yeah which i can't do spoof like some like old school like airplane i can but anything all the epic disaster superhero movie i can't do those because i'm like this is cheap cash-ins yeah. but this one is like intentional and genuine with its like puns and with its references to other christmas movies and so it ends up it ends up being pretty fun um mrs talbot is killed this is when we first see santa's reindeer or hell deer or wooly mammoth or whatever it's a giant it's one he just has one that yeah. drives his sleigh um, and it's huge, and he drives... Mrs. Talbot is the old lady in the Jewish deli who <clears> with a foul mouth, and he drives her off the road, um, and... She, she's like, what is she trying to do? Like, light her cigarette or something? And she's, like, driving hella slow, and he's like, move, bitch! Yeah. Get out the way! Yeah, he's literally <laughs> riding behind her on the road. Yeah. Um, he, tell, he literally says, move, bitch, get out the way. Oh, yeah, it's definitely a ludicrous reference. Yeah. yeah. Um... Like, in the first, like, 20 minutes of this movie is just Santa killing random people. Yeah. It just to show you, again, this is absurd. Like, he gets mugged, and this, like, he d- performs a bunch of wrestling moves on the mugger before stabbing him in the face with a, a candy cane that he has sharpened with his mouth and then shoves him into the wall. Um, we're introduced to the town priest, who is very two-faced, because every day after he gets done with his sermon, he goes over to Gold Diggers. Um, which is the strip club across the street, and he, like, sneaks in. I thought this was, like, appropriate because Ryan and I just had a conversation about the art. Some of our comments on, like, 
churches and how that the way they take money from their patrons mm-hmm. and he gives, a whole... he gives this whole speech about how like to show that you have the spirit of christ you have to give like stop giving coins give money he's literally like and, give the dollar bills yeah give the dollar bills and then he uses that money to get vip treatment at the gold digger club yeah and oh it's and... like aptly appropriate yeah, and so there's this whole, like B said, there's this whole scene in the strip club. It's a club. flat-out wrestling scene. It's just wrestling. It's 100%. Wrestling with fake boobs. Yep. Lots of lots of nudity. Yeah. Um, which I forgot there was that much in this movie. Lots of, Well, because like, there's no sex. No. It's literally, like, how can we get boobs? boobs? Yeah. And they're like, well, our main cast are teenagers, so let's go to a strip club. Yep. Um, and he just does all these ridiculous... He's swinging Naughty. around. And, like... He's using the poles, and he kills one, two, three, four. He kills technically 16 people in this scene because yeah. he kills four on camera, and then he lights the entire place on fire. Yeah, and then they talk about, like, the massacre the next day. Yeah. The best part of this is, like, at one of the girls is, like, on a swing, and then he, he used, swings, he and, his swings and his face is just in her crotch. And I'm like, this is so good. Yeah, and he drops down and he like, like, literally like smiles at the yeah. camera. And then the other girl, no, there's a scene, she slides down the pole and runs away. And he goes to grab the pole and then he like realizes that she slid down it. So like he takes, he, he picks up a fucking bottle and like rag and wipes it down before he rips the pole out to kill a guy. It's so, it's just really silly yeah um and then yeah he has like a, a silent night deadly night two moment and he just all the girls are like topless in santa skirts like hiding behind a wall and he just yells naughty and then lights him on fire yeah and i'm sure th- this is the scene where he says he says ho 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 right that's when he walks in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. Okay, there's so many puns. So in this. that's it's like all pun dialogue, which I love puns. Everything in this it's is a pun. So like, funny, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, yeah, and like there are like I mean he chokes a guy with a wreath uh, in this one, and then also there's like a super ridiculous scene where he stabs a guy. Well, no, he makes the guy grab the stripper pole and then stabs it up to a light and, like, electrocutes him. Oh, yeah. That was actually a pretty cool kill. Yeah. No, that, I, I that thought so. Well yeah. Um, and then, yeah, they, I wrote down two of the names of the strippers because I thought they were funny. Um, Tess Tickler uh-huh. and Dixie Rett um, uh-huh. were two of their names. Uh, there were two more, too, but their names were, like, candy. Candy, yeah. And, like, um, something else. Yeah. Not, yeah, not this is the the preacher is like naming them off in the scene and talking about how like you know even though they're sinners we need to pray for them yeah for the people that were killed in the gold diggers massacre um and then the the hell eats the ballet from outside right um this is where yeah we're not even to santa hasn't even got to meet nicholas and no. like back to the grandpa who ends up being the angel because again it's just the first 30 minutes, maybe 40 minutes of this movie, is Santa going around town just killing people. Um, I love this part. There's just a random scene where there's these two kids in a living room. And they're like, can we open our fucking presents yet? And they're like, yeah, let's see what shit we got. And like, obviously showing... Like, a lot of this movie actually does try to show that, like, he's killing, like, people who are bad. Right. Like, not bad, but, like, aren't in it for the Christmas spirit. Yeah. Like, like in it for material gain. And so I said, there is, like, a, a genuine Christmas message behind this film. Yeah. It's just, like, hiding behind 
puns and boobs. Yeah, and like just like insane I mean, violence. Yeah, I mean it, it feels like a mad comic strip come to life most of the time. Um, and th- so they open these presents and they're bombs that Santa left, and they they get their heads uh-huh. blown up. Uh, finally, we get to the point where he kind of gets introduced into our main storyline because he goes to the deli. Mr. Green's in there. They're closed. And he picks Mr. Green up and kills him. He stabs him through the throat with a menorah. Sticks him to the wall. Sticks him to the wall. Um, and while um, Nicholas is at the gas station where, for some reason, the guy's listening to a police scanner, he hears that someone broke in and he goes and finds Mr. Green. That whole scene was so weird. Why did it exist? That scene did not exist. So apparently that actor is from Friday. Yeah. what my husband told me. Yeah. And I was like, oh, is he a wrestler? Because I thought, oh, maybe he's another he wrestler. Oh, was he? He did wrestle. Oh, okay. He wrestled maybe that's why. Zeus. Yeah, so that could be why. Because he Cause did that wrestle. was my only thought. So I asked him, I'm like, is he a wrestler? He's like, I don't know. He's in Friday. And yeah, I'm like, look, oh, okay. All he did right. wrestle for a while as Zeus. So that makes more sense yeah. to me that it was like a wrestling cameo. Yeah. But he's like this huge black guy and... Nicholas is basically like, we don't really see your kind around here. Yeah, yeah. Like, because they're in, the oh, the whole movie takes place in hell, Michigan. Yeah. So uh, go, uh, there's a bunch of puns of hell freezing over, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Like, and, like, lots of, like, s- silly little nods to the it being called hell. Um, but anyway, so Nicholas is there when the police show up, who are very nonchalant about the entire thing. Oh, they murdered. make jokes about the fact that he's Jewish as they're walking in and his, like, dead bodies up yeah. there. Yeah, and they, they're just like, all right, you're going to have to come down to the station. I was like, they're very nonplussed about this. And they also bring all the Orthodox said, yeah. Jews that they that were walking by also in. And, um, and, like, Nicholas goes to the police station, and, like, we know that Santa's looking for Nicholas now, because there's a picture of him with his grandfather in the deli. He recognizes the grandfather as the angel. Well, and, yeah, his boss tells him, like, Santa's real. And then he's like, I thought you didn't believe in Santa. Or and then, yeah, yeah, I thought you people didn't yeah, believe in Yeah, you people didn't believe in Santa. So Nicholas tries to, because he's read the book now um, that his grandfather had, so Nicholas tries to tell the police captain what's happening, and the police captain doesn't believe him. Um... And Nicholas goes back home with Mary, and, like, he's telling her about everything that's happening. Oh, Mary picks him up from the police station. That's what it is. Yeah. And Santa shows up at the police station after he's left, kills the cop. Like, this is another scene that was kind of like a wrestling scene. Because um, he kills four police officers. Like, he tases them, stabs them. Some of them blow up. It's, like, a very, like, chaotic mayhem scene. Um and then I love that they dress the captain up in a Santa suit just so when they get pulled over and Santa gets out of the car, at first they think it's the captain for, like, maybe two seconds. Yeah. The entire reason. Yeah. And so he can make the joke, oh, we gone or don our gay apparel. That's it. That's the only reason mm-hmm. Santa, the captain of the police station, was dressed up as Santa. But Santa finally catches up to him. Um, and, like, he tells Mac everything that's been going on. They shoot him with a shotgun, which does, like, nothing other than, like, knock him off the truck. And they go back to the house, tell the grandpa what's happening, and the grandpa, like, is prepared for this. He's been ready for this. And he kind of, like, more unraveling of the story, like, happens. Um, they're in, like, this little bunker. The, the, these Christmas carolers show up, and they go to warn them, and then he kills all the Christmas carolers. He, like, beats them to death, breaks their necks, breaks into the house. Um... And then there's this whole scene where, like, the grandpa slips this, like, nutcracker into Nicholas's backpack, and they're about to get away on, what are those, like, snow, snowmobiles? Is that what they're called? Sure. Yeah. I don't know. Ski-doos? 
Ski-doos. Snow-doos. Mm-hmm. Um, ski-doos definitely for the water. Yeah, ski-doos definitely for water. But, like, uh, and there's a whole... <laughs> so, Grandpa gets run over by the reindeer, and, of course, there's a joke. Oh, it looks like Grandpa got ran over by the reindeer. So many puns. It's all Christmas puns. Um, Santa chases after him on his sleigh, and there's this whole chase scene, which is filmed very, like, very seriously, like an action movie, uh-huh. which I thought was really... Has- like hysterical uh-huh. and then they they chase santa or santa santa chases them through their skeet shooting it's like a skeet shooting field so like and that becomes a plot in the movie <laughs> like a plan because they go through this field where like people are skeet shooting on christmas and like it's, it's kind of like a you know minefield but like people are shooting at them with shotguns and they make it through there um and then the then like uh and like the here's the thing all this stuff like from the chasing to the end of the movie is like 15 minutes like 15 20 like uh-huh. it's incredibly fast how fast yeah. it wraps up santa chases them to their high school they break in they decide that what their plan is is they're going to go back through the skeet like shooting field and have santa follow them so that he'll get shot and like they're done running they're going to face him head on but then he corners them in the school ice skating rink the gym which is an ice skating rink because they're in hell michigan and he starts chasing them with a zamboni grandpa shows up and they play another game of curling um but But santa cheats santa cheats and throws Throws grandpa Grandpa in yeah he throws grandpa in the in like the portal to hell but grandpa is holding on like grabbed on um and then they shoot they shoot santa with a chest or a uh, a chestnut, right? Yeah, but it's like a bomb one or like a holy one. Yeah, something. He so uses like the nutcracker him. to shoot him with a chestnut, right? Chestnuts roasting on a ocean fire. Uh-huh. It is? Yeah. Um, and then, like B said at the top of the episode, Santa breaks out of the gym with a zamboni. Yeah. Rides out of the gym on this giant zamboni. Um, and they go to chase after him. And this is all very fast and weird. Yeah. Like they, I said, I rewound because I was like, did I miss something? They go to chase after him. He finds the pastor dressed up as Santa passed out in his sleigh. He not, he wakes up and then he knocks him out again. He, yeah. like, hammers him. Yeah. Um, and he sets him off flying. They go back to the skeet, field, skeet shooting field and they're like, he convinces them to, like, he's like, I'm going to do the secret, what did he call it, a bird deer? Yeah. Yeah, yeah like you're going to be the only person to, like, shoot a flying deer. And there's also, like, this really weird, like, joke about a guy who has smoked so much that he has one of those vocalizer things. Yeah. And, like, they play that for laughs a lot, which was super weird. Uh-huh. Um, and, like, uncomfortable. Um, yeah, I didn't know what that was about. It was, like, I didn't know if I, it was, like, a cultural thing I was missing, like, about like native american smoking and that was like part of the joke yeah or if like his race had nothing to do with it and it was called like he had they were calling them llamas instead of camels yeah it was very weird like and it felt very intentional for some reason that Uh i can't figure out yeah i think we just missed the joke yeah um and then they see the sleigh and max dad shows up and blows him up with a bazooka that he got for Christmas. That he got for Christmas. <laughs> because this movie is a cartoon. Yeah. It is a Looney Tune cartoon brought to life. Uh, so 
pieces of meat are raining down on them. Yeah, and then they are all led to believe that the killer Santa was the pastor. Who gets, while falling off the sled that got blown up by a rocket launcher, impales himself on a flagpole. Yeah. Yeah. And Nicholas is just like, nah, I'm going to let them, like, Santa's gone, so what does it matter? I'm going to let them believe that it's over. Yeah. And then... Santa goes to the airport. Yeah, and then Santa... And then... Santa dresses up as a biker? Uh-huh. Yeah. He's in, like, a chopper jacket. Yeah. <laughs> and a beanie. Uh, yeah. And he's got his giant red sack, and she makes that reference, and she's like, have you... Have you... So, and I've noticed this. Maybe that was a question that used to get asked at the airport, but has your, like, luggage been um, out of your sight at, at, at any point um, was a question I've noticed in a couple of Christmas movies I've watched that they asked. So, apparently, they used to ask that at the airport. Um, if... Your luggage has been in your possession the whole time. And so, yeah, she sees, like, his red sack and then makes a comment, like, has your sack been in your possession the entire time? And he, like, looks at his giant sack and yeah. doesn't say anything. Yeah. It was very, um, like, you could tell that, like, they're making a joke about sacks. They're yes. like, sacks, get it? And did, get you, it? did you wait for the post-credit scene? Because there is one. Oh, no. There's a post-credit scene where Santa's just looking over his naughty list and he looks uh-huh. at the camera and he goes... Who's next? Because Goldberg's catchphrase was he'd pin someone, look up, and go, who's next? Uh, so it's a wrestling joke. A wrestling joke to set up for yeah. a sequel we never got. Um, this movie's absurd. It uh-huh. is, like I said, it is a Looney Tune cartoon brought to life, but it knows that the entire way through. It never tries to play it straight. Um, B, and like B said, like there is some decent Christmas messaging in it. Like I think no matter, like some of it doesn't age well, some of it's really goofy, but, like, no matter what, I actually give David Steinman a lot of credit because uh-huh. I think he knew what he wanted to do, and he did it. And it's enjoyable. Like, I actually, I think this is a fun movie. I oh, shoot. Yeah. I do think it's fun. And I I remembered liking it when I watched it. And I watched this movie both times solo. Like, I'm sure it'd be even more enjoyable if I oh, was with group? other people. Yeah. But the first time I watched it, I rented it when I was, like, first super getting into horror. And I thought it was fun. And this is coming from somebody who does not like, I don't like, you know, like really goofy just for the sake of it and like raunchy. I think this just has just enough of everything to mm-hmm. work. Yeah. And I think that there's some little things that work. Like, I think a wrestler being Santa Claus was perfect. Like, I do too. Yeah. From somebody who also doesn't like wrestling. Yeah. But like, just having, like, I found it very appropriate. Yeah. Who delivers one-liners. Because yeah. that's what wrestlers do. And it's perfect for a slasher. Yeah. Like, having this just giant killing Santa Claus that does nothing but, like, one-liners and puns, like, what more can you ask for? Yeah. Uh, my favorite kill is the gold digger patron electrocuted via stripper pole. Um, yeah, that one was really good. Um, I mean, I have to be boring and say it's the Fran Drescher kill. Ah, uh, I mean, that's it's just boring. It's great. It's so good. Because she sells it so well. She too. sells it so well. She's when like they, like, cut back to her, and, and yeah. she, she's, like, half bald and stuff and screaming, and then drown. And it's so seasonal, like, drowning in the eggnog and stuff. It's just so wacky yeah. and hilarious, and I just love it so much. It just gets me so amped for the rest of the movie. But, I mean, it, this movie honestly has, like, a lot of good kills. Yeah, no, there's a lot of fun stuff in it. Yeah. Like, it, a lot of it stays seasonal. Some of it's not. Some of it is. But, like, it's just got to, like we said, the whole movie's super over the top. And it, and it, and I mean, I love it. the end kill. I love that 
the oh, freaking the bazooka? the bazooka kill for the and then literal meat just comes raining down on everybody. That's fucking hilarious. Well, and then him being on the fucking flagpole and the cop shows up with the giant saw and like the cops in this town because the cop shows up and he literally looks at everyone and he goes, "Back up, this is gonna get messy." And I was like, "What's happening?" <laughs> like, but again, it's just it's all played for laughs. Like everything in this is played for laughs. Um, I don't think it really has. Uh, anywhere in the horror landscape. It gets talked about with Christmas movies as does usually. It? it does, like, every once in a while, Matt or Kieran bring it up. Yeah. Anyone who did the Silent Night, Deadly Night podcast because yeah. they covered it. But, like, any diehard Christmas fans always know this one because it's kind of goofy fun. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, no. It's No, never. it's one that's, it's like, always... I stumbled upon it because I mean we had to rent. I paid four dollars to watch this. Yep. Like I stumbled upon it in the video store, and I think probably a lot of people did back when those still existed. Mm -hmm. And now that you know, and especially because with Krampus uh-huh. in particular, there's so much Christmas horror. I think this one has just kind of got lost, and that's a bummer. I really think really if fun. it was not four dollars to rent, which is kind of a lot. For it this. is. Um, if this was on like Shutter or Netflix, I think it would do very well. I think so too. The Hustle was ninety nine cents to rent, and it came out this year. That's crazy. And I paid for that last night, and then I paid four dollars to watch this, which is fine. I yeah. was I'm happy to pay four dollars to watch it, but I they would deter if it, we weren't doing it for the podcast, I oh, wouldn't have watched no. it this season. I'd be like, I can wait. No, until as, it's if streaming. I was flipping through to watch like as a horror fan, even yeah. if I was like on Amazon and like. Out of all the movies, because they have the Shutter shit on there yeah. too. Like I'm like I can watch so many other horror movies. Krampus is on Hulu right now. Like there's other movies that are free, quote unquote free, you know, or or cheaper at least. Or come with your subscription. Yeah, come yeah. with your subscription. So seeing something that's four dollars and it like, you know, and it's Goldberg as Santa. Yeah, I probably wouldn't. So, but I think if this were to go on like a free streaming service, like or a a, pay, a subscription streaming service, it would actually like have a comeuppance. Um, this is our 54th movie. Oh, we didn't talk about our final boy, Nicholas. Oh, yeah, Nicholas and Mary. Um, they're fun. They are. They are. They have, I mean, a, fun, they have a cute storyline. Yeah. They, like, end up together, and it doesn't feel super forced. They're flirty the entire yeah. movie anyways. They both just joke around about how she jokes about how he won't make a move, and he jokes around about how, like, she's, like, too serious for mm-hmm. him, and, like... Yeah, it's simple. I mean, there's no real arc for either of them. No, no, no. It's no. really just, hey, we stumbled into this like crazy situation because of my grandpa. Yeah, the um, I will say I noticed, and I know this is a weird thing to notice, but when they kiss at the end of the movie, I was actually like, oh, that looks like a real kiss. Because a lot of kisses, like in movies, I'm always like, no one kisses like that. But I was like, oh, that's actually how people kiss. That was a weird thing I noticed. I was like, that's good chemistry at least. Um, but yeah, like B said, there's no like arc or anything. Like it's a they're it's a goofy movie. They're vessels to get us through. Like the they are. Yeah, they're they're the type of final girl and boy who are just like it happens to be happening. To yeah, them. I mean they don't even beat him, and no. like they don't even beat fake him. Like no. he, literally, her dad blows him up with a bazooka. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they're they're fine. Um. But they're enjoyable. Like right. they're they're fun people to follow to get there. Um. So, if you don't listen to the show, this is the first episode, just so you know, at the end of every episode, we rank the movies on our list, which you can find at keepscreaming.com slash the dash list. This is our 54th movie. 
Um, number one is Still My Bloody Valentine from 1981, followed up by Black Christmas, the original, 1974. And the end of the list is April Fool's Day at number 53 with Girls Night Out and Cry Wolf right above it. Uh, and, you know, we we try to rank the movies on how much we actually think it, like, works as a slasher and plays in the, like, slasher formulas. And I gotta say, like, I'm looking, like, right around... I mean, it's not high because it's definitely not great and like it's loose and it's slasher stuff like the like a lot of the kills are very slasher and we do get like we do have like this back like a history of a family mm-hmm. history which is very traditional yes um which is cool um and but we, with that yeah those traditional tropes like are very strong yeah and then having like a costumed themed killer um but yeah like did you like this do you think it works? it just lacks in the in the slasher there's no stalking mm-hmm. um and there's no it's always hard and it seems to be really common with the christmas ones that we watch um a lack of the arc of the final girl mm-hmm. Which is so key to, like, the plot and the other right. tropes finding themselves. Um, so it it sort of ends up in, like, a Silent Night, Deadly Night scenario where we're kind of following the killer right. more than we're following. We super are. And, yeah. like, that's in a weird way. Like, this movie reminds me, not in actual movie, but in, like, like not even in tone, but just the way it carries itself of, like, Nightmare. Where, yeah. like, not the original Nightmare because, like... Nancy is a very strong final girl, but, like, some of the other nightmares, I think, lose that, and Freddy becomes your main character. Right. And that reminds me of this, because, like, Santa's our main character. Yeah, we're being led by our killer. Right. So They're the one pushing the storyline. Yeah, and so, like, because of that, I actually kind of am looking at, like, I mean, Blood Rage is very similar (laughs) Um, in that aspect. New Year's Evil. I I don't think it's I don't know. I don't think it's quite as good as those as a pure slasher. I think it's more fun than those movies. Yeah. So New Year's Evil is um what the only thing that lacks is a slasher in that film really is the fact that we only have a couple kills. Mm-hmm. It's very low on the kills because our killer spends so much. Well, one it takes place like. In a couple hours. Yeah. And he's killing um, a person per time zone. Yes. Yeah, and so. so he's got a lot of rules he's following. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why we don't get, like, the lunacy that we see in this one. Right. And so that's, I mean, but I'm looking, like, right around that range. Mm-hmm. I mean, even, like, I mean, I just, I, I don't think it is quite as good. It might be better than Blood Rage, though. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think, like, as a slasher, I, I'm just, like, I'm having a hard time because it's so fun. Yeah. But, like, thinking of slasher stuff. So I'm, like, trying to recall, like, slasher stuff stuff from, from Blood Rage. Similar thing where we we at least have, we have the family trauma. We have flashback, flash forward. Um, I, do, I mean, we do have an actual final girl in Blood Rage, but she's not, like, super relevant. And then they, ki- they kind of try and play, like, a whodunit, like, yeah. mystery killer. Which is, I mean... There's more than that's not necessary. It is a slasher trope. Obviously, there's very famous, right? Like nightmare where it's not a whodunit. We know exactly who's doing it. 
<clears throat> but, the, I mean, this is definitely the range. Like, right around here, yeah. New Year's Evil, Blood Rage, Deep Red. And, you know, like, the only thing that makes Deep Red is just because it's so proto. Mm-hmm. It, um, it's up there because of its influence, but it lacks in a lot of... Right, pure slasher. Yeah. Um, but then you look like curtains. Yeah, it's more... Yeah, it's hard because this one, I I do think follows the formula better than Blood Rage does. I think so too, but I don't think as much as New Year's Evil. I don't think so. I think it's like lives in that weird in between mm-hmm. those two. Yeah. So our new number 34, right after New Year's Evil, right above Blood Rage. Yeah. That's cool. That's Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's. Yeah. So that's nifty. Um, cool. So this is our new number 34, Santa's Sleigh. Um, we do not have anything picked out for next year at all. <laughs> I don't think we even talked about it. No, we're going to sit down and make a plan. Yeah. We and... got a lot of things we got to plan out. Yeah. Talk uh, about our year. Yeah. Um, cause I don't know, have I talked about it on the show? I plan on moving back to Southern California. Yeah. You talked about it last week. Oh, okay. So we're yeah. going to be remote. Yeah. So, I mean, that's going to happen, but we don't want the podcast to end. And, um, I think, I mean, we do want to do some sort of top list somehow and hopefully with brennan maybe we could work it out so aaron could be on which would be super cool um also because those two are just so insightful and they seem like so much more than we do um but yeah we'll have we'll, we will let you know as soon as we do um i don't think we have a new year's movie planned up though because i know we like to stick to that or try to do holiday stuff but there's just not a lot out there for new year's um ooh, but actually the new Into the Dark? Yeah. Is it a slasher? I think it is. It, you can I watch think it, it is a slasher. And that would be really cool to get Aaron to run it on, actually. Yeah. Because, so the new Into the Dark is called Midnight Kiss, and it's a queer horror slasher. Pretty sure it's a slasher. I've seen it described as such. We have to watch and see if it fits the parameters. Um, but that would be really cool to have them on. Um, so maybe we'll do that. Yeah. Uh, but we'll let you know as soon as we know. And uh, seriously, thanks for sticking it out with us this year, guys. Yeah. Uh, it's been crazy. It's been chaotic. It feels like four years long and yeah so like two weeks long so yeah like we were saying sort of at the top of the show it's been a really weird year mm-hmm. of like amazing highs and like horrible lows mm-hmm. and i mean i guess all the important years are like that right yep so and it does it truly does feel like just in the perspective of like becoming a mother this year i feels like april when i had my son was like a couple weeks ago but then I look at him and he's almost nine months old and like a toddler. No, B sent like she posts pictures. Well, like you know, it's cool because Instagram does the close friends thing, so B will send like pictures of Liam and she's sending these pictures. He looks like ugh, he's got a backwards hat on. He's got a little jacket. And yeah. I'm like, he's a he's a grown up already. He's a, he's like a he's already like full a, yeah. grown ass man. Yeah, I'm like, come on, you're killing me here. Yeah, yeah it feels like it's crazy. God. And like, I still feel like pregnancy was super recent for me. Like, yeah. I remember being pregnant like very vividly, and that was over. Like, it was like nine months ago that I was pregnant, and that's just it's been crazy. But then it also feels like in that same perspective, I can't imagine Liam not being here. I feel like he's been in my life forever Forever, and has always been here. And so the fact that it has only been like, you know, nine months, it's, it's crazy. Having children just really screws like with your life perspective. Liam. So in our group, like our immediate group of friends, Liam is the oldest baby. Yeah. And so we have like two pretty close friends, like that have had babies since. And so it's weird because it 
gives you even more perspective on yeah, him and because how big you he see because you see Cohen, who they're how many months apart? Six. Um, they're four months apart. She was September. she was September, April, so, May, so five five months, and yeah. then you see. Kenny, Kinsley, yeah. Kinsley, and she's like how old now? Three weeks or something? And it's, I mean, she's a baby baby. She's like five weeks so, old. So like yeah. seeing all three, I'm like, oh, this is weird. Yeah. Because I just remember all of them also being back there. Yeah. So, it's crazy. Babies are weird, man. They're a trip. Yeah. It, yeah. Definitely. Like I know some, some of our listeners have kids. I know Classic Material reached out to me when I had Liam, which was super sweet, and said like, get some sleep, enjoy the ride. And it's so <laughs> true. Like it's just life-changing in like the best possible way and kids are the best i want like a hundred of them and we're lucky that we get to keep doing this too yeah i love uh that we're able to still do this with all these life changes and we've made that commitment to our friendship and to and to you guys so i hope you had a good christmas i hope you have a good new year's and um we'll be back in 2020 until then keep screaming